0: Hi, right, people, we're back
1: oh, nah, right. I was driving
0: here, I didn't know where I was going I see what you did there <laughs> It's the most depressing fucking town I've ever been in No, it's not Have you ever been to Detroit? <laughs> yes, with
2: you <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, I'm still depressed Maybe it was my company
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't
2: know uh, Soccer Dad Pod's back Got another episode. This time, we've been a, we've been a little bit in the traditional mold lately. Single guest, straightforward questions. Decided today, spray the infield. Load up the mics. We got a, we got a threefer today. You cool with that?
0: There's a lot of Illinoisans, <laughs> Illinoisans in this neighborhood. Whatever. You're biting
2: at the bit for this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get a couple things out of the way here, and then we're just going to immediately bring the guests on today because I'm sure this is going to totally go off the rails. Uh, first things first, I want to thank Explore STL for supporting the show and telling other people in other places to listen and then apologize for it later. <laughs> so. Uh, which brings me to just a quick quick question for you. Okay, you're out of town, you listen to this thing, you want to come to St. Louis, you're wondering what to do, and you're like, wait a second, there's a river, and apparently Illinois is really close. So if I am from Detroit and I need to get out of town and I'm coming here and I want to visit the East Side, if I'm you, Jared,
0: what do I do? What do you do on the East Side? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this show is rated the way it is because um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the adult nightclubs. Good call. <laughs> Second to none. <laughs> I mean, like, growing up on the wrong side of two rivers in the county on the other side in the Missouri side, when we called it the east side, everybody knew what the east side was. Yeah, it, because naked goats isn't quite the same thing, is it? <laughs> no, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> so we either came over here to play at the BAC campus, now SWIC. Um, soccer for fun. Soccer for fun. Um, we didn't do much in Illinois from, from my side of the river, but um, as I got older, we did come visit this place, and I've had a couple brats and a couple burgers out of a parking lot outside of an establishment a time or two. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't know better, I would go to the track. I would go better on the ponies. Yeah. And then if I did really well, I'd come meet you. Wednesday nights, uh, we did some Wednesday night stuff at the at the at the pony track. That, what was that like? Wednesday, like there was, know, there was a thing ho- horse, growing up. Horse
2: horse hockey Tuesday. There
0: was something on Wednesday nights Friday. that we would go to. I don't. Know. That was fun.
2: Probably drive-in movie theater. Yes, yeah. Bellville has one of those.
0: Yeah, we, I have. Do they that still too? that
2: still? Yep. Everybody's nodding their head. Uh, so that's that's that. If you're going to explore the east side, do that. Stay downtown. More hotels, more options. But visit the east side to party a little bit. Uh, Chris, Bill, and crew, PinnacleLoans.com. Appreciate everything you guys do for us. Looking for a house? Hit them up. They'll solve your problems. House too small. Need another bedroom. Or in the case of one of our guests today, you'll need like a mansion. Wings to let everybody give everybody a bed. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, let's, let's hit it real quick here. Jared, Pinnacle point Points of the Day. You go first. What you got?
0: Um, I'm going to go with, and I just lost it, but I'm still, I'll find it. Um, I'm going to go with U.S. soccer coming in to maybe tentatively save the day. Uh, a couple, three days ago, we've mentioned on the show where the MLS comes out and decides to make the decision to keep the first teams out of the, the Lamar Open Cup. Um, U.S. soccer released a statement today that said, mm, you know, we're, we're the grandfather and not so fast. Um I, um, I was proud of U.S. Soccer for coming out and saying it. Now, what happens is yet to be seen. Um, I, don't, I don't know who, who gets the trump card there, but I'm hoping U.S. Soccer comes in and says, MLS, you're not doing this. Um, this is an institution in our country. We're going to celebrate it, and we're going to have our best teams in it.
2: Well, I think it's stupid. Like, okay, MLS didn't need this fight at all. If the issue was overloading first-team players, here's an idea. When the Open Cup games come, don't roster any of them. Go ahead and piss the fans off at that point, but keep your first team, call your two teams up. No harm, no foul. You don't have to get all the attorneys involved and immediately make the rest of soccer nation hate you as a
0: league for killing the underdog story. Well, our team this year did exactly what you said. Yeah. Our, yeah. our, our spine didn't play in those games. Uh, the tall goalie, Berkey, didn't play in the Open Cup. It just seemed, it
2: seems in hindsight so unnecessary. To outwardly try to nuke the whole thing for the sake of what? Messi? Right? Because that's really what it is. They added the new tournament so that they can go to 60000 seat stadiums
0: and play Tijuana part two and and make the money on those stadiums. I'm not gonna speculate on the show, but there is definitely something going on there behind the scenes for other reasons than Don Garber and I've mentioned it not to be a broken record, but kudos to US Soccer um i'm glad they came out and um uh, kind of tried to right the ship go ahead uh pinnacle point of the day mine um i'm going to talk about soccer mom
2: sunday the other show that we're affiliated with that mm-hmm. i'm on the mic as well jen cease runs the uh uh steers the car in that world uh we recently and you're gonna have to follow the show to catch it we just got done talking with katie shields um And to date, well, let me back up a little bit. Between this show and that show, there's been 125 guests, ranging from Altros to Marcelo Balboa, so many people within our community. Katie Shields, ace. She was so incredibly well-spoken. Now, mind you, she's a Harvard grad. Played four years at Harvard as a goalie and immediately gets a head coaching, uh, lead coaching job.
0: Does she follow the mold of the goalie? Is she weird? Uh, no, she's from Harvard. <laughs> did you not hear that? Difference? I did. I did hear that. And here's what I'll say, and I want you to finish your point there because um, just being in our soccer climate in our area and watching from afar that program's success and talking to people that are affiliated with it, even on the men's side, I have never heard anybody say that that lady is not an ace.
2: Well, I figured it out. I mean, it took one hour of listening to her answer questions. And and then, you know, statistics are one thing. You look at it, uh, their recent run into the tournament was the deepest they've ever been Mm -hmm. in the school's history. Um, The number of All-Americans was the highest they've ever had in the school's history on the women's Mm -hmm. side. And her cognizant uh, uh, realization of what it means to be at SLU with what the men's program has done, what it means to be in St. Louis was absolutely amazing.
0: I'm really excited for the Shires and Carolyn. Um, I'm going to tell Beckett to grow his hair out again. She's that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would be all <laughs> so good. After talking to her, how much more stoked are you for, Caroline and the Shires, for that gal to be able to go to, that young kid to be able to go into that program with that leader? Well, I think it's amazing. I
2: think they, they cannot lose. Assuming all things being equal, a phenomenal program. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, too. Like, We're lucky to have her. If, if I'm Carolyn Kendall... And I'm that team, and I'm watching NWSL, and then I'm looking at my backyard as far as what pieces are in place that if we do pull the trigger, what does it look like year one? I'm not sweating that. I mean, between uh, Lindsey. Lori. All, all of them. yeah,
0: Ruth, all these, yeah, all these leaders in the, in the women's game here in our backyard. Yeah, phenomenal point.
2: So here's a perfect transition because the one thing she talked about and I mentioned this to you on the phone, Yeah, um, which totally sideswiped me a little bit, given the level at which she's coaching.
0: And the recruit she is getting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I asked the proverbial question, club versus high school, right? And she is now an official top 25 team every year. And she's pulling the best in our backyard. And she's pulling a lot of the best from others' backyards. And she'll probably continue to do that. And simply put, when it came to what's your thought, she was grinning, waiting to answer. She goes, play high school. (laughs) And the reason was, she's like, they need to learn to do other things. And high school is the most like college in the sense that you play for something. That was it. I'll leave it at that, which allows us. Here we go. I'll unmute these guys because they were all talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's guest time. We're back in Granite City my alma mater and we have three we have three of my brethren uh ex-teammates really at, at both levels um that are now all three soccer dads plural i <laughs> a lot of s's on that for a couple of you guys and high school coaches so i'm gonna go from my left to right just quick name drop skip herzong head coach Altov. yep thanks for having me jay robertson Head coach Highland, yes sir. Thank Jamie you. Jamie Bridges, J.B. Head coach Columbia. Yep. How's it going, gentlemen? It's good. Very good. It's going well. So uh, you're super excited to be here, aren't you? Pumped. Pumped. Couldn't Absolutely. wait. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved it.
1: I Look forward pumped. to it. Pumped. Absolutely. Took it right away from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pumped. I'm ready to be here. And you're hopping. Was was Learn.
2: Was that your Was that your word? Mm-hmm. Damn, dude, you took my word. Pumped. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I should have been ready for more.
2: So, so let me, let me just kind I'm going to throw uh, f- free fall here. Anybody can grab this one. When, when you come back to town, because none, none of you live in town anymore. Correct. No. Um, when you come back, drive through town, you know, where you grew up, where you played your youth, your rec, your club, and obviously the high school years, gut feeling when you get anywhere near the realm of the gauntlet, what
1: does it mean to you guys? wow that's a that is a deep one um tradition when we get near the gauntlet i haven't driven that way in a while but you know it's funny i came in from the side of town from the the side we would come back from a state tournament years and years ago so i haven't driven in that side in a while and i thought about it just because we were coming to do this show with you um, about the bus ride coming back from the state tournament and coming into town and and it kind of just gave me the chills thinking about that it's been a long time since i've had those thoughts but yeah wow the gauntlet
3: yeah i have family here still so i'm here a couple times a year but being able to play against granite and still you know come here twice a year uh, for boys and girls season obviously all the memories and just how they've redone some stuff is incredible but i got to go in the hall of fame when we played them you know this year to see the changes My I have, my brother-in-law is in the school district and a teacher and all that kind of stuff, so uh, being able to see all that is incredible and the history and all the the plaques, I highly encourage that, just seeing the Hall of Fame uh, and what they've done that was pretty incredible.
4: Yeah, every, every time uh, coming here as well to play, uh, we don't play on the boys' side anymore, but um, on the girls' side, um, we'll bring the teams here and, and we used to play with the boys and, and I would always take the players into the, into the Hall of Fame and um, you know, walk, walk down memory lane for me, but also, um, you know, just kind of teach them about, because I, I reference my experience and, and all, well, all of our experience, obviously, yeah. back then and, and playing for Coach Bake, obviously, and the, the championships and all the other stuff. And so I, most of what I do, and I know these guys well enough too, most of what they do, we, we all learned back then. And so um, a lot of what I reference and what we do came from then. And so I, I, I make connections for them. And so it, it helped make... Uh, bring some of those stories and some of that other stuff to life too. So yeah, it, it's it's just neat to come back. Um, you know, there's still people obviously here that were around back then, and so you see friendly faces and mm-hmm. um, you know, coach against the guys that are here now and, and that sort of thing. So it, it's just a, it's just a fun experience to come back. And um, field looks a little different than it did back then, probably thankfully. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know, but yeah, there's grass. Yeah, there's grass. It's not all dirt. Um, it's not on the baseball field anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but you don't have that same atmosphere either. The atmosphere back then was amazing.
2: Well, let me let me start with you you and Jay first. Skip skip you and Jay. Um, just kind of frame a reference for the listeners. Uh, you guys graduated in '91. Yep. Uh, both of you were part of the '89 '90 teams, correct? Right. Um Talk a little bit about you know because you guys were really tight. You guys were on a lot of teams together for a long time. Talk about your guys' experiences. Uh, in those high school years, uh, winning those state titles, um, just just give a ten thousand foot view of your kind of gut memory, if, you know, in, in in a elevator pitch here.
4: In, uh, I'll go ahead and start you, with, you that. Can right. run <laughs> with that. You go in first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, we, <laughs>
2: Jay's a little slow right now. He's got that big knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that our, one does <laughs> it to me.
4: Our freshman year, um, eighty seven, we won. Varsity one in double overtime I think uh Herb Heaton and so yeah Herb Heaton with the with an overtime goal winner uh (laughs) which we listened to on a cassette tape at the banquet at the end of the year just to put some perspective on how many years ago that was um (laughs) so uh so that was our freshman year and then honestly the expectation every year was just that's what was supposed to happen right and so people don't necessarily understand what we always talk about you know it's like varsity blues and I and I really do you mean that's kind of what it was like you just expected you were expected to win every year and you never wanted to be the team of course that that didn't continue that on you you wore a
0: whipped cream bikini
4: i no, jay did jay did, <laughs> <laughs> jay did that i didn't do the whipped cream part you being jay? <laughs>
5: yeah, right,
0: <exactly.
4: laughs> um so uh you know just having those sorts of expectations and then you know they started the midnight practice which is which is something that i right. started a couple of years ago at Altough as well nice. uh, which is a Really bad idea, but the kids love it, so I keep doing it. Um, it's not as, it's not as easy when you get this age, just yeah, when you're do, seventeen. Do you, ever,
2: do you ever walk out in front of all the fans and just throw the balls to the side and say, "Let's practice"?
4: <laughs> no, I don't do that. Actually. I, I, remember I remember that. that year. But I don't do it. Yeah, exactly. I don't do that, but I do remember it. Um, you know. It, so then our sophomore year uh, for us, we long teacher strike, missed a bunch of games, yada yada. End up losing in the semifinals to Buffalo Grove. Um, Guy named Brian McBride was on that team, which I'm sure some people might remember. Um, Heard of him? <laughs> still, he's still winning headballs, I think, um, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so we got third that year, and then our junior and senior, you know, thankfully, and, and you guys know because you were there, um, were able to win it. And so three out of the four years that we were in high school, we won state titles and wow. finished third the other. And so it, it's that's not normal. It's not. It's so it's such a unique experience that every fall and then in the spring on the girls' side try to recreate because you know how special it can be. And, and so, um, again, just coming from that sort of expectation, um, you never wanted to be the team that, you know, isn't isn't smiling at the end of the year.
2: So, so let me ask you, Jay, uh, same year, same time frame. Um, did you realize what you were a part of at the
1: time? You know, it, it's going into our junior year, I think uh, our club season that year, I was – probably more of a baseball first guy um, but for whatever reason some things clicked going in you know in between our sophomore and junior year, playing club playing a lot more yeah um, well
2: you ended up being able to run like 38 miles per hour
1: well i think i got a lot faster between my <laughs> sophomore it and junior help. year <laughs> yeah. so i kept finding myself a lot more open in front of the goal now we won't talk shooting percentage today but <laughs> <laughs> i've lost a few balls you would have been feet. a killer field goal <laughs> kicker <laughs> But uh, I, I think I fell in love with the culture of Granite City soccer at that point. And they kind of kept it rolling right into our junior year. Um, and then, you know, playing with, with Skip and Van Buskerk and, and those guys. It just, you know, we we started off that year. We won at Biani, And it just, you know, it became family. It became religion. Um, so it kind of hit the ground running. And, and from there, it was everything. It was history. Wow.
0: So... Um wasn't aware of the pedigree until I started doing this show and listening to the stories, which are all phenomenal. Um, coach Baker, your guys is all your guys' coach, rest in peace. You guys coach now and you just talked about those. You two just talked about your guys' four years in, college, uh, in high school and the success that you had. You guys are running programs now. How often do you see yourselves in your programs emulating Coach Baker's trainings? His speech, um, his mannerisms, whatever. Just, I mean, do <laughs> his, you guys. His
2: language. <laughs>
0: do you guys, I mean, are you guys benching kids if they play the ball unsuccessfully with the outside of their foot?
1: Um, because I, I hear that stories, all the time, and I just story, can't huh? even believe it. I do. preach I still talk about that quite a bit. It'll give you a dirty look. You know, it's Like, why can't you use the outside of my foot? Yeah, you're not supposed to. Yeah. You know that? don't you? Know Granite City soccer. Well, you know what he would say. He
2: would say because you're not that good. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. yeah. So more straight. So, so, Go so, James. So that no,
3: just every day. <laughs> right. I mean, I think you remember all those things and. Going back to what you said to Jay, I mean, you do take those things for granted. I mean, you didn't, I walked in, you know, the tail end of that as a freshman, you know, being a part of the the last year, (laughs) granted as one state, you know, the next three years for for me, we lost to Collinsville all three years, you know, so my senior year being in penalty kicks and, you know, so you saw kind of the shift of what these guys experienced and I experienced because my sister was older than me, so I got to go to the state tournaments and participate that way but I mean you take it totally for granted but there's not there's not a game a practice that goes by that he's not in my head he's not I'm not seeing something um, I mean you you definitely remember and as Skip said you're trying to you're trying to be an example of what he showed uh, all the time I'm not doing
2: midnight practice though I'll tell you that right now <laughs> I wouldn't recommend, like, yeah, like, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it well let, let me let me I want to I want to stay in that realm because I mean we're really kind of painting a picture of kind of a, a, a generational thing. It was an anomaly because yeah. at the time, it, it, the the reality was <clears throat> here in our market, you had the big four across the river, right? Salou, Vianney, CBC, Dismet. I mean, they, they were just decapitating each other right. every single year over and right. over again. And Coach had the handcuff of Southwestern Conference – you know, the mandate of twice every team. So we were, where they were playing upper third teams every single week, week in, week out, right. we had to jump around conference, you know, and you're running over to Belleville East to play a four o'clock game because they have no lights or whatever. Or, <laughs> yeah, and I feel and so bad. Play like and to play right, yeah. West. Exactly. like <laughs> Cahokia or, yeah, yeah. you know, Alton yeah. has an off right. year, whatever it is. But somehow... He, he created teams that not only could punch up and right. compete via the tournament champions and right. really even our regular schedule because our non conference games were always going to be right. those four throw in one or two oddball teams yep. um, wh- how do you wh- why do you think it worked? because the player pool wasn't significantly measurably different than collinsville who you know they they did well at times um you know alton take your pick i mean there was a drop off beyond that but why why do you think it worked what was maybe something uh a a culture item or chemistry item or tactical if you had to when you look back in time secret sauce
4: in your opinion one of the uh, there's a lot i think some of it to be honest i think I think some of the teams were beat before we even stepped on the field because of the history and the tradition and whatever. And once once the game would go, if you would score the first goal, you could almost at times kind of feel them like, oh, here we go. You know, here we go again kind of thing. But you got you to do a lot before you can get to that point. One of the biggest things I think is we were always – always super prepared you guys remember the chalkboards and better oh make sure God. you're paying attention and make eye contact and, and you better hope your name's you're not on this it. guy and you're you know <laughs> you're doing this and um so just the preparation piece um always tons of scouting um in far time, more than in a time that that wasn't uh, cor- correct
0: nobody was doing
4: that no, not at all and i mean he you know this kid got a bad left foot or put pressure on him when, when the ball's in the air he can't bring it down and make i mean little things which again these are to your question earlier, things that I try to th- point out, like trust me, this kid can't go to his left. Make sure you, you know, push him to his left, and then yeah. t- you know. So I, I think a ton of that kind of stuff always. Like if you, if you were a, a thinking kind of player, um, obviously you have to have skill, you got to have speed, all, all of that sort of thing, and you got to be able to compete. But if you you had, to, you had to be a thinking player as well, because he wouldn't let you not. You wouldn't step on the field if you couldn't do that. And so the preparation, and then the set pieces, which again goes into the preparation piece. It, it, so I just think we were always, we never played a game that we weren't more prepared than the other team. We didn't win every game, but we were always prepared. You know what's funny is we've,
2: we've had the privilege to talk to a lot of high school coaches over the past year with this show. And, and the one that stands out to me is Terry Mickler from over at CBC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he had nothing but amazing things to say about Coach Baker um, but what I noticed about Terry was his same MO, Terry walks in he's got his notebook, he's taking notes he's just like, of our conversation it's got like, prepared. I'm not playing dude you All know, ultra right.
0: prepared <laughs> yeah. right. and,
2: and so, very right. like direct, and he said something um, that at the time that d- didn't it resonated later, but him, Villa, Coach Baker, uh, there was a long list of these coaches that all came out roughly at the same time. Yep. They're all from North County, yep. and they were all multi-sport athletes. Yep. And the sport that they all loved was basketball. basketball. Right, And it, it, things started to click. And then when I had the privilege of sitting down with Coach prior to him passing with Dave Fernandez, hmm. Coach pointed out that all of those guys, he goes, well, you know— None of us are really just PE t- teachers. You know, I taught English, right. Terry taught mm-hmm. Spanish, you know, and it was both of them had this hyper-focus on the cerebral approach. Mm-hmm. So my question, and here's there's a question in this, when you reflect going into a season, maybe mid-season after a so-so game, whatever, whatever you want to call it, at points throughout the year, there's points, and I know that all of you do this, you're, you're like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? How much of that experience, of knowing that preparation is key, how does that affect your decision-making when things are good, when things are bad, or when things are just neutral in the off-season? Is yeah. it always in your head? Always. I mean, for me, like that, that is the,
3: the preparation is the number one. I mean, obviously we do have film now, and I mean, I watch more film than anything else. I mean, it, it is late nights, and it's. but I also have guys that I reach out to and that are also, you know, the Tony Segabianos of the world, who's probably my biggest <laughs> scouting guy right. who gives me the most stuff, um, you know, I don't give away. Hopefully maybe he does it for you guys. I don't well, know. Well, now but. he's going to be doing it for all time. <laughs> I call Tony too. Yeah,
1: Thanks I Tony. I appreciate some of the help. He just doesn't you. give me anything he's on Columbia. He's yeah. from that same
4: cloth too. I mean, he's the exact same. Well, Tony was, was the club coach that Jay was talking about <laughs> right. just a few minutes right. ago. that's he's that, probably it, the one that got me yeah, in exactly.
1: into Go ahead. that culture yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: follow-up question is in regards to through that process. And I always think back to our days where with players in particular, Jay, you pointed out, you always have, you got to have players. You got to have technical players that are fast and strong and technical, can move the ball, can be creative, can score, you know, can read the room, right. shut, shut a game down. But, but I think one of the, the golden traits of Coach Baker in particular was it wasn't f- the focus that he applied on players one through five. It was players seven, eight, nine you know or 10 what I call really role players mm, yep absolutely how do you guys approach role players because you you all are at schools where you've got good players you got good kids all kids across the area sure. right now they're all better than we were you know at, at par right but you're not filling out 11 all-staters right um, skip is cuz he's ref-
1: <laughs> He's I recruiting those he guys. I so, think know. he only had four last year.
2: Well, that's a private school. They can do whatever <laughs> yeah, they want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, cheers, Skip.
5: <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> skip, skip, skip. is the East Side version of St. Tom. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> how, how do you guys deal with role players? Maybe Jay, you first. I, I think, you know, as you touched on it, um, the the players, you know, seven through ten. You, I think it's being able to give kids their specific role and define it. You know, whether it be, hey, you're going in for 10 minutes and you're going to shut down this player on the left side. And knowing that that kid can do that and talk about it. um, I I think coming from those days, um, even players one through five knew their roles and what what they were supposed to do. So communicating, I think that's the main key. Um, Kids just knowing what they're out there for. And to keep reiterating that over and over. I, I was gonna
4: besides the preparation piece, the other thing I think that Coach did better than anybody is every person there felt felt needed, felt important, felt like they had a role, felt like they, they had a purpose of being there. Whether you were, you know, the, the leading scorer on the team or the kid that may not get in until, you know, three minutes to go, he was very good at at tapping into individual skills and getting the most out of players with the with maybe it was only one or two things that they did well but we would find a way to make that a part of the game um at the end of the year for me when i see a kid that maybe a senior maybe a freshman That, you know, you lose the last game and and they haven't played a ton at the varsity level they haven't done. And they're just as upset as the guys that have put all the effort and all the, you know, in the games. That's when those kids are just as upset to me that that tells me I feel like I've done a good job at that point. Because if if they're that committed to and not because because look. Playing time matters, and yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's easy to keep kids that are getting playing time yeah. motivated. It's not easy to keep kids that don't get a ton of playing time motivated. And when those kids, at the end of the year, care as much as everyone else, then I think you've created the right kind of atmosphere to to have some success. And so, um, and he always did that. Um, I don't think there was ever a guy on the team that was like, I don't, you know, and, and you never knew what he might call on you. You may not have played for five games in a, in a row or something, and all of a sudden right. it's the sectional final, and he calls your number, no, you know, like, well, okay, you got to go give my, you know, maybe it's five <laughs> you, minutes. You, but you, yeah, <laughs> you,
2: yeah, you were really good at this one dead ball. <laughs> right. You couldn't run a straight right. line, but you did this one play <laughs> right. really well. We're going to put you in that. <laughs>
0: right. I, I tell you what, that 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 um, skill from a coach, you um, I've never been a coach, but I've had plenty of coaches. Yep that that is a, that is a skill that it's got to be hard as a coach to acquire and portray to a team setting. And the guys who have it, you can tell who who do, and and that's a wonderful skill, especially at the high school age. Yeah. And so, uh, trying to move on from the memory lane here of the Granite City lore what happened to your mic there man so, <laughs> so uh, l- let's talk about your current programs um, I- I'd like to know to be educated um, and I know a lot of the listeners over here may know um, and just go one, one, two, three here um, successes w- how long you been there uh, who's doing boys and girls because uh, I would really like to, 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 to know about the program specifically. Yeah,
2: I, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Because that, that's going to be a lot to unpack, and we need, we need more drinks. Yeah, I'll take one. Nick Nick is not doing his job. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break down these programs. And uh, I'm sure there's other things that have nothing to do with soccer that we will talk about that will be way, <laughs> probably more entertaining than what we just talked about. So <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey everyone, buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. Simply the best in home loans.
0: We're back. Aye, you know, aye, the, the best part about this thing is... And we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. The, the best part about this thing is, is When we're in Granite City you play better music I Take no offense to that <laughs> Down here
2: Pavia's place, thank you Nick For hosting, appreciate you paying me The tab that I didn't tell you you were gonna pay <laughs> um, We're back, we are short One coach uh, Because due to the child load And dance competitions <laughs> Uh, Senor J. Robertson is on his way back out east to Highland to watch dance. Right? Isn't that what? Dance. Said? Yep. Dance competition.
0: I think these guys called him a dance mom. <laughs>
2: Somebody
4: may have said
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have
2: you guys ever heard of the movie Happy Texas? Happy Texas. No, I'm not. Literally, you saying that? It's you know Steve's on. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so long story short, he goes to Happy Texas. Uh, he's a bad guy and they think he's the new dance instructor for the high school. Uh, man, he ends up having to... It's brilliant. And I just envision Jay.
4: I believe he's becoming the uh, voice of the dance competitions next, uh, next fall, he just told me last week, so really? we may have to take a road trip with the... With the soccer. <laughs> the oh soccer my pack. God. Can you imagine, that? Spinning on Matt
2: one, <laughs> Caitlin, and on Matt two, Caitlin and Caitlin. <laughs> hey, we, uh, so before the break, we were talking, um, we were going to get into the programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of the lay of the land, talk about your guys' program, um, background, <laughs> wins,
0: L's, highlights.
4: Stars,
0: uh, why they don't like Matt Bettlock, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> we all like
4: Matt.
3: Yeah. Well, I like him because he's 2A. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, go do your uh, thing. Just kidding. We like playing. You Matt. know what's funny is the just year kidding, that Matt. they won and they were undefeated, we lose to him in the Metro Cup in PKs. Really? And, like, we tie. And I'm, like, pumped. We tied. I was like, guys, we tied. And they're like, hey, Symmetric Cup. We got to go PKs. I was like, are you
5: kidding me?
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so let's uh, let's learn a little bit about the program and you guys' uh, track records there. Yeah. Let's start with you, Jamie. Down, yep. uh, you're, you're the southerner down sure. in Columbia.
3: Yep. So been in Columbia since 2012, was assistant coach under Mathenia. Uh, for a couple of years, went to Belva West, helped him there as well for two years before getting the girls job in 2016. He left into 2020. So I've been third. This is this past year is my third year with the boys as the head coach. Uh, 2014, we won state first time that's happened. 2010, they got third. And so we won that year. Uh, 2014, 2019, the girls won. Um, and then this past year, 2023, boys got third at state.
2: So let's go back to the first state win on the boys' side. Yeah. Uh, you'd been with the program for a while. Um, I remember as a kid, for the, ki- the, the the kids that were older that won, and then when we were in school and we won, I remember what it meant to not me, but my parents and neighbors. What did it mean to Columbia? Um to see that trophy come home for the first time. Yeah,
3: it was it was incredible. You know, small town, 10,000 people. The parade was unlike anything I've been a part of. And I mean, as Skip said earlier, you just expected it, you know, when you're at Granite. I mean, you're just going to state, and the expectations were high. You know, there, it only happened one other time. They lost, and so to go and experience that, I thought this past year what was cool is the amount of text that I got from former players you know, going back to state, a lot of those state champions. Hey, go get a second one. All of those texts was pretty incredible.
0: Nice,
2: that's awesome. And then whenever you uh, rounded it out on the other side of the uh, uh, the fence with the women, yeah, you know, was it? You got the second one in the bag. The next season. What was the AD uh, in the community? They're like, okay, what's next? Come on. Well, the next year was COVID, so we, the uh, girls didn't have a season. Uh, so you got and that's probably
3: going to be yeah. uh, – it's probably just as good of a team and uh, unfortunate because then 2021 we were uh, we were definitely down. L- lose 5-4 to Alt-Off, uh sectional final. They go on to win state. Um, yeah. Then the next year we lose in PKs to off So we've had an interesting little <laughs> –
2: then this year we didn't even get to play.
4: No, right, exactly. It's too hot. So, too hot. <laughs>
2: so, Skip, Skip, give us a little bit of lay the land over in that uh, rare rarity that is uh, private schools in Illinois. Sure. Uh, Altoff. Yeah. Is there
0: anything else besides private schools?
2: Uh, in Illinois? Yeah. Yeah, Belva East, Belva uh, West. Okay. I mean, big rivals for
3: him. <laughs> <laughs>
4: O'Fallon. O'Fallon, yeah. Um, so, I came to Altoff on the boys' side in 2016. Um, and been there, obviously, ever since. Um, came in on the girls' side as an assistant under Jurgen, um, who'd been with the girls for forever. Won a couple state titles there, including the one Jamie just mentioned. Um, my daughter was a freshman on that team, so that was fun to to get to see. I know Jamie said that experience as well. So that's mm-hmm. that's a. Uh, A fun one um so then last year was my first year excuse me as the girls head coach um so now i have the girls and the boys um when i was with in granite coaching had the boys and the girls 2011 we won uh state title that year which was which was an interesting experience to to bring one back here um first time the girls had won in granite and um that was a that was a really cool experience and and all my assistants on that team were former players as well that had played in granite different things so it was it was a fun experience there um so first time i've been on the girls sideline as a head coach in over a decade and so um last year was was fun but uh things have changed a little bit obviously um so looking forward to the to getting after it again this spring
2: so we talked a little bit earlier about you know, growing up and having that expectation every year to start the season and you want to end with the, with the win, um, you know, pl- running programs where, you know, that's the reality of that year over year over year just isn't the reality. Right. Just be, the lay of the land has changed. So when you do enter into the season, what is, what is that, uh, the, 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 the managed goal? Or is it still state every year? And how do you how do you enter into it, and how do you get the team to kind of buy into yeah. the same mindset and the goal that you set? Well, I'm, I'm more wanting to
3: see them gel than anything. Like, how how do they come together? How do they become unified? That's still the most difficult thing for me. Uh, you know, you can have all, you know, who you're returning, you know what roles some people are playing, but how do you how do you incorporate, especially in girls? Freshman girls come in, they contribute. I mean, it's just yeah. a reality. Yep. And so getting them to gel, see their place on the team, you know, you don't get a voice really till your junior year. You know, it's hard as a freshman to be like, you're a leader on this team and you say things all day long like, when you get on the field, it doesn't matter what class you are. You're a freshman. You're a freshman. You know, so getting them to understand those things. Yes, the expectation is you want to be the last one on the field. Only we say only one team's not crying at the end, and if they're crying, they're they're crying happy tears. Found out this past year, it was actually two teams that win the last game, third place. I got to be a little more specific, but uh, but um, yeah. but yeah. To me, more than more than state, it's the process and, and getting a team to. To come together We know Club wise We played together we, we hung out I didn't play At Council United There's no way I was going to Council United <laughs> You know what I mean There's no way I was the playing rowdies. With the Mike Darnells right. Of the world You know what I mean But yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll see you in season But now These guys all play I mean We're at Waterloo They're taking pictures together yeah, I'm, Like there's you know, eight of them like, I'm so i oh,
2: are all club players you know, I'm, like. I'm so glad You brought that up Because we've I've talked to A few individuals That we grew up with uh Peers of ours Multiple ages that have all participated actively in coaching and developing and training Collinsville, Khawk players. Sure. <laughs> How does that sit with you guys? It's awful. Like legit, I have no problem with Columbia. Yeah, I have no problem with Altoff. Right. Highland isn't. I mean, that's technically Indiana. Yeah, right. So, but 100%. <laughs> I'm with you.
3: Indiana. I mean, what? I mean, seriously. Mike Darnell lives in Columbia, so we're good friends, oh, and we have great we have great back and forth i mean
2: so let's keep going down this road then rivalries because when when we all grew up all of us really you had a rival it was clear cut you knew not only was the expectation for us as players you want to finish the year off at state but more importantly was those two games against collinsville in your world's do you have that? Do you have that? If you have it, who is it? Hmm. And if you don't have it, do you wish you did?
4: I don't. I don't think anyone has it to the level that that you're just referencing with like Granite and Consul back then. Um, I mean, I think there. We have a. A I mean, good rivalry. I mean, honestly. they brought in the National Guard on some yeah, of those right. games, and, yeah. and probably needed more. Um, you, you know, so I, I don't know that anybody has because that was that was the whole city versus the whole city, right? It wasn't it wasn't just a school versus a school. It was both communities against each other kind of thing, and and all the Collinsville cars with CV on their license plate when they were parked in Granite had to make sure. You know, I mean, it was it was just different. So I don't know that anybody has that sort of of rivalry. Um, there are certainly rivalries and again Columbia and Altoff have a uh, what for us and I think it's probably because we're in the positions we're in otherwise it may go off the rails but um, I think it's a healthy rivalry personally it's there are people that don't always get it right for sure on both sides but um, when we're done playing it's always back to you know Yep. Jamie was my roommate at state yeah. you know his freshman year my senior year so we we have a long history <laughs> together and so that game's not going to change anything we're going to compete and we're going to play hard and we're going to push our guys and whatever but at the end of that we're going to we're going to shake hands and we're going to even when we tie like we did last year which I told him this is terrible yeah. um,
2: <laughs> so, well so let me ask you this then and Jamie maybe to you um, clearly uh coaches like yourselves you have your own experiences that feed into that rivalry, that 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 competitive mindset, do you see that in your players? Do your players have a game or a team on the schedule that they circle and are like mm. that's those little pricks from blah blah yeah. blah? You know, well, like, do, do they have any of that, or know, is it because club is so incestuous across mm-hmm. city lines? Uh, is there less of that?
3: Yeah, i well. What you mentioned earlier about conferences, I mean, our conference is not great this past year. We lost uh, Freeburg. It's first first time ever since 2012 we've lost a conference game. Boys are girls. I mean, it's just like – I mean, it just doesn't happen. So, playing those games, you know, getting up for those games is tough. Uh, Waterloo is close to us, but they're a class above us. Um, I mean, Jabot, there's a big rival between – Spell Jabot. G-I-B-A-U-L-T. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, got, I usually call mother names. I won't do that on the air.
0: But uh, – uh, that's amazing. Being from the other side of the river, I thought it was Jabalt the whole time. Yeah, you you are actually correct too.
2: I am. <laughs> nobody nobody takes them serious. Yeah. I mean, who who? Where is Jabot? Waterloo. In Waterloo. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's a private school. No. Private school. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, I don't like them. any. Anyway, yeah.
3: It's, no. It's right <laughs> down the
4: street from Waterloo High School.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're Literally. they're probably more of a rival, obviously. Yeah. But really, I mean, I would say your rivalry with other Catholic schools is. I mean,
4: you play. I mean when you guys play Jabot or Modern Day or yeah. I mean there's there's definitely there's definitely those kind of things but you're you're 100% right it's not we to be honest I kind of create those rivalries for us I think more than than yeah. the kids would if they because of they're just used to playing like you said with so many different people from so many different places and, and I don't it's not a – I don't think rivalries are a negative thing. I think that's part of what you're supposed to compete against the people you're playing against, and you're supposed to give them everything together and afterwards shake hands and, and go, your you know, separate ways. So I don't see it as a bad thing at all, personally. Um, I, everybody probably doesn't agree with that, but um, I, so – I mean, I, I think rivalries are probably one of the most healthy things I, I
2: in 100%. team sport.
0: I think you're supposed to hate your rival. Yeah. well Respectfully.
4: Okay. no, no, no. no. Well, no, well, I don't hate think you could, period. Hate. I don't think you can have a rivalry if if there's not a potential of losing, right? Like like I don't have a rivalry If somebody we beat seven nothing every year. What's there's right. no, it's not a rival. Right. Well, to to your point, you know, you talk about Vince Darnell. Well, I have quite a few
2: peers that came from up the bluff. Uh, Rick our time, Dave Kirksey, you you, right. you name them. Yep. And it doesn't matter where we're at. Rick, in particular, he will always bring it. He was. He had a son ask me that question. Yeah, had him on the mic. We were at the slew Gaming, and, and he's reading who's. You know, he's asking me, "Who's your favorite city player?" Who's blah blah blah. And then I was about to kick him off, and Rick's like, "No, you got to ask that question." And he goes, "So how bad did it hurt to lose to <laughs> Collinsville in 19?" Oh my gosh. <laughs> but but my point is like on our show, it's Kansas, Kansas City soccer period. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I did it at first because. The whole cease and desist and, you know, we have our team now. And I'm like, that's just ridiculous. You're not you're not a soccer. A, you're not a soccer capo. You're barely a soccer city. Right. Congratulations, you got football money that bought you a team well before ours. Right, right. But as the season progressed, I'm doubling down on this thing. And I'm loving hating them. Right. And And I think, like, I look at high school sports in particular. You guys are poised to have that kind of, like, emotional elevated opportunity um but it seems as if you know even amongst our kids would you say jared uh do our kids have rivals within their mls next environment
0: uh maybe not but i think they have they 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 don't like chicago and they don't like kansas city
2: they don't like them, but it's one of those things. Like you and I are probably way more like beat shit out of them, yeah, right? You're probably right. But you know, and these are kids really competing at that highest level, mm-hmm. and, and they don't have that. So how do you get kids motivated beyond that technical, that culture, that you know, that that the brain side of the game? Because high school is the opportunity or the environment that provides you that you can do something special, and there's two thousand people sitting right. in the
4: stands. I, I think it has to be about the team success. It has to be about the team um, so much we're, we're there to develop players yes no no question but we we get a very small window of time to do that in right and so I I don't I don't have enough time if you're not at some level I can't get you to you know wherever. Um, in two months, it just doesn't work that way. Um, we we can work on a lot of different things, and I can give you different insights on the game itself and all those other pieces because we play three games a week. Really, practice once or training once the game once the season starts is about recovering from last night and getting ready for tomorrow. So there's not a, there's not a ton of real training sessions that sort of thing once you get rolling. And so, but but if you're focused on the team only, if the only thing that matters is a scoreboard at the end, then if you lose it, it should hurt more than whether or not you played your best game or you you had some success or whatever and so but that that comes down to creating the culture where that's what everybody truly believes in um and so they have to learn for me anyway and i and i know again jamie well enough to know that you, you they have to learn that you might have to take a seat a back seat today because we need you to do this to help us win and that may not be what you want to do today but it may help us win and ultimately that's all that matters um i don't and i always say like look don't take it personal guys none of you matter i don't matter all of us matter or none of us matter like right it's so
2: well let me let me ask you guys this because the question that just popped to mind you describing in those terms um What's more important, player development or personal development for these kids through the process of playing on your teams?
3: Well, just based solely on who continues to play after, I mean, it's not a lot. I don't have a lot of guys going to college right. to to play, right. and so to me it's personal. Absolutely, it's and, and I tell them all the time, guys, guys that are playing club, we're we're not doing things that you're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. This is incredible. Right. Like you can really pass that way. I mean, there's the technical side is it's repetition and it's getting to, you know getting them to gel, getting them to to know, man, I've not played with you before. I got to get to know you because you have zero left foot. Now, I hope you're working on that, but I'm not going to pass it to your left foot, you know, like (laughs) understanding that and me not having to bark that. But the other thing that I think is, you know, just super crucial is just making sure that they they see things from the past. I bring up past seasons all the time. Like, guys, hey, 2017, this was what was happening. They know They know past uh, seasons, boys and girls, because I'm constantly putting them in that. That's creating the rival. So, like, this year, hey, girls, listen, Freeburg beat us twice last year. We've never lost a Freeburg before in our lives, ever. You're the only team that's ever done that. That's on you. Yep. Yeah. You, don't you, let it happen again. Don't let that happen again. You know, now Freeburg's 2A, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so right. I,
0: I, the, the the best thing that that high school and, and the culture has going for it, it is is the things that we're referencing right now um gelling playing for the brand we're gonna get into the, the the topic that we always talk about on this show and it's a little bit different on this side of the river versus the main part of the st louis side of the river but um the high school versus club, um, and you guys have club players. Um, St. Louis is adopting this Champions League. Um, they're getting it from the the Tampa started it with with Perry Vanderbeck. Um, JB, talk about um, you know get us on the rails here about as far as um, how awesome is that, and, and would well, you guys, I mean you guys on the Illinois side. You guys would love to do this, would you not? Absolutely. Love it.
2: Yeah, so, so I mean, I'll, I'll just throw this out there, too. I have a soft spot in my heart for all of your programs, A, because you guys are Grand City guys, but B, you're on the Illinois side, and I, I know firsthand, having raised kids on the west side now, it is different. Right. As much as, like, even back in the day, yeah. we would play, you know, CBC or SLU or whatever, The environments, the culture, the communities, they are different. So when I learned about Champions League and what it it was, and and for those of you that are listening, if this is the first time listening, it's just going to be all the state title winners in the St. Louis area, uh, the ones that win their districts, et cetera, the top 16 teams are going to be paired off and the winner gets an in-season cup. And it takes me back to Tournament Champions, which was In essence what I would consider the first Champions League Um, so my question to you guys is you know in an attempt to keep pace with the growth of club the expansion of academies the uh, the balance of yes there are more kids playing soccer but those one percenters and now two percenters creeping into the three and fours are starting to choose uh, the club path over high school, A, how do you view that competitive balance between the two environments, and B, what can high school schools do, high school soccer do, to be a, a, maybe a little bit more innovative or, and or add value that hasn't been provided previously to try and, you know, counterpunch a little bit?
4: Well,
3: I, I think getting them to see the environment that they can play in, F- playing for school, play, obviously getting competitions, playing, playing get, creating those rivals. I mean, I, I've coached club. I've been to the 4 o'clock Tuesday games or practices, and you know, mom and dad might be there. They might not be. You know, or you're playing in Kansas City or Minnesota or wherever. Right. So you're not playing in front of that. So getting them to understand, like, hey, when you're playing for this, it's, it's something more than just for you. Um, and then creating a schedule around that. But getting them at other sporting events is important too because then they get to see it. Go to a basketball game. See what that's like playing in a Roxana team or a modern-day team or something like that. Be around that and see, like, well, this environment's pretty awesome. That appeals to kids. Like, we want to play around that kind of stuff. So getting them to see that this is bigger than just a sport or themselves and this is for a community, a school, your peers – that to me, it's creating that. That's helping that.
4: We try to schedule, which is hard to do this, but we try to schedule as many of our um, better games on the more primetime spots, right? So Saturday night, under the lights, Friday nights, hard with, in the fall with the boys with football and that. But um, we're not going to play, you know, we're not going to schedule Columbia on a Tuesday uh, at, at four <clears throat> o'clock, right? Because right. nobody can come. So this year we played actually on 9-11, which was a Monday night. We had some extra stuff that we added to the game, got more people to come. So there's things like that that, that I know, and I know Jamie tries to do the same stuff, where, where you try to make it, you know, certain games in particular, you try to make them even more special than they are. So I think there's some things like that. The reality is for us, because we're in season the same time as the colleges are in season, it's hard to get college coaches to come watch yeah a game because they're in season and so I understand that but if we could you know like this Champions League or other things like that if, if there's ways to get more of the better players in one location then it becomes more appealing for a college coach to say well I can, I can go there on a Tuesday night and watch two or three games with, with good teams and good players on in every game versus coming to watch one of my kids play on a Tuesday against, you know, whoever. Um, so there's some things like that I think we can do, but I, I agree 100%. It's, it's about the atmosphere. And it is it is most like college in that it's a school team with, you know, on campus, uh, usually, um, those types of things. So I do think there's some preparation and from that standpoint as well um that that you hope to create in a good program that that hopefully prepares them the reality is most kids don't want to play in college i mean that's just that's just the way it is now with so many reasons for that but um so this is for many of them this is the best chance they're going to get um and so trying to make it as memorable and as meaningful as you can so that when we're sitting around or they're sitting around 30 years from now they're still talking about those things and if they are We'll all, I'll certainly probably be long which gone why, by Which then. is why
3: girls is different, because it's in the spring. Correct. They're still in the fall in college. I've had more girls go on and play. Absolutely. There's more opportunities, and there's less of them playing academy. I mean, it's just not happening like it is for boys.
2: No, I mean, you're spot on there. I mean, the logistics is that is the reality of the situation. And as I mentioned earlier in the outset, uh, our onset, excuse me, with Katie Shields from SLU, she flat out said she loves it. She, she loves high school she, because, in her words, it provides the girls an opportunity to play for something. It's most like college. And for each individual player, if they're on a super weak team and they're, and they're a top 25 prospect, you got to figure out how to win with less. I, I agree, yep. You know, so yep. there's a lot of I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of high school soccer for obvious reasons. I'm also extremely cognizant of the reality, on the boys' side in particular, because that's what we know, the landscape has changed. It has. Um, has. But, so, let me me go just ask more of a kid question. You both have stated openly that you have, you know, limited number of players that are interested and are moving on to play at the next level, at any level. Um, So, thinking back to our youth and, you know, Every class had five, six, seven-plus players that were going to play college ball uh, somewhere at some level. And, you know, a lot of that was what created uh, long-term relationships with Coach Baker. You guys have less players that are continuing to play. Are you creating the same kind of relationships, just in a different manner? You know, Jamie, you've talked a couple times about Uh, leaning into the culture and creating that expectation are you making in your opinion kind of an equal amount of long-term generational friends through students and former players without that additional level uh, of soccer to kind of define the relationship yeah like I'm asking them as juniors
3: hey do you want to play the next level and and hearing from them and most of the time, it's you got a really smart kid who could go anywhere they want, but they're not very good. You know right. what I mean? So, so they're not going to be playing at those places. And, or you have the kid that grades aren't there. They're really good. And, and so to finding the balance of the kid who's most, most kids that I, I, which is funny because both of my boys this went this route, you know, most of them think it's beneath them to go the JUCO route, which we did. Right. And, and, again, both my boys have had success doing. Um, my, my youngest son, who just finished at, at Swick with Lindsey, I mean, two of the best years he, he's had. I mean, it was, it was good for him. Uh, but, again, getting that, whereas you're getting that a little bit with the girls where – so asking them those questions um, and finding it, – it's got to be a special kid. I mean, I had five seniors last year. If you would have told me when they are freshmen none of them would play, I would have said no way. Uh, At least three of them are playing, and they could have. They're at Mizzou, they're at Arkansas, they're at uh, Mo State. All three of them. That's that's where they went. All of them could have gone to Swick. They could have gone other places. No desire. Then I got a girl at UMSL. I got a girl at you know Southern Indiana. I mean, they're they're wanting to play. It's the difference of, you know, it's very different opportunities. The the recruitment is different.
2: Do 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 you see it firsthand? is the passion or the desire? I think kids are burned con- out more. You think they're playing think too they're, much? For us, for us, it's
3: you know I, I have a kid that plays club basketball, club baseball, and club soccer. How do you manage that?
4: Not, not Alcohol, well, you can't.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Lots of you do, and then yeah. you're playing all three of them in high school. You know what I mean? Right. So you you leave high school soccer, and now you're playing high school basketball, but you're also playing baseball and soccer and club. I mean, it's just so these kids are by their senior year. They're like, I just I just want to break.
4: I don't, I don't want to play anymore. Um, yeah. I, so for me, your original question, JB, that I, it, everything I do is about relationships. And so um, I, I hope that I am. I, I think that I have um, just based on. The text we get, you know, as you're going through postseason and different things like that from former players, that sort of thing. It is probably different because for most of us, we grew up in a blue-collar town where we needed some help going to college. And so, right, we need scholarships and we need this, uh, that, yeah, and the other. I, mean, and so, I, I, I um, think
2: part of my uh, book fees were paid via a turkey shoot. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. no joke.
4: Exactly. So, um, you know, it's a little different in that regard. But, um, again, I think that has to be – it's always at the forefront of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, keep score for a reason. We try to win, absolutely. Make no no apologies about that, but it is about the relationships that you're building.
2: Let's talk about the bigger game. Let's zoom out a little bit because obviously you guys uh, you have a passion for the game at a different level given the fact that you decide that you want to coach it. Um, and now in our backyard we've got the crown jewel, that being City Park and St. Louis City SC. And um, just looking for gut reactions, just kind of feelings, opinions, um, you know, having played here your whole life and, and here in the last year, we were all kind of privy to the experience that was our own team, pro team, doing what they did. What did it mean to uh, to either of you um, opening game and then watching the season progress, knowing the game the way you know the game, and just seeing this truly unexpected run. Right. Uh, What did it mean to you being part of the 618314 soccer community to have the first year kick off that way. Yeah,
3: I've had a lot of people ask me that and not, I mean, dream come true. I mean, it's something we'd hoped for for so long and to see it happen, I made sure any time I could be there, I'd be there opening day, the horrible loss of Kansas City. I mean, I was there both of those, um, but that we won't mention. Yeah. So, but um, I mean, a dream come true. Obviously, we have a kid at Columbia that we get to know who's
2: doing something that's pretty, pretty special too. How, how cool was it at Columbia? I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask. When the Homegrown was signed, yeah. what did it mean to your guys' high school, to your program that, you know, because we know Jason really well. He's a friend, friend of the show. We know Caden, an absolute phenom beast. How special was it that he's one of your guys? I mean, he's not your guy. He can't play sure. yep. for obvious reasons. Yeah. He's not making a yeah, lot Haley of money. Haley was
3: on the, our 2019 <laughs> team. She would have been a senior after we won, so she was oh, good. significant on our championship team. She was a junior. Uh, Lindsay, her other sister, just graduated this past year. So, um, yeah. To, I mean, I would have loved to have him on the team. I'm obviously having Jason around the program for those years that I've had his daughters. Um, I mean, it's... I mean, that's, that's what, an what was unbelievable hometown. Pr- was it, pride? Hometown. Oh, was it like?
2: Mean,
3: yeah, I think there's pride, but I mean, it's so much bigger than even Columbia, right? I mean, yeah. he, he didn't play in Columbia. You know what I mean? Like, he, he played... I mean, the it's a homegrown kid, yes, but, I mean, from Gallagher to City to, I mean, all of that. And, I mean, it's a reflection of his family. It's a reflection of the decisions his family made, uh, which were great decisions, obviously, to put him in that spot. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of our kids are best friends with him. I mean, yeah. our junior class, I mean, all those guys are good friends. I mean, that's why he's at our games. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many games he missed. It was a low percentage, man. I mean, he was at any, anything he could be at. And, him awesome. and his brother. Let me ask you
0: this. What, what what do you think, for your program specifically, with Jason's facility going in in town, i, I got to think that years down the road, that, that's going to help Columbia soccer. 100%. I mean, with, with, with that program, with that exposure, with those amount of kids coming there, getting the training that Jason does, getting uh, the, the people that he brings in to train – that's going to help your high school program, 100% boys and girls. Yeah, because not going be to be. Not everyone's going to play MLS next.
3: Not everybody's going to be on City's Academy team. Yep. Um, Crew has done that as well. I mean, Columbia Crew has done an incredible job at keeping those kids there playing together. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, you talk about future earlier. Uh, Jay was talking about that.
2: I mean, yeah, it's same That's with Columbia. Exciting. It's very exciting. Skip,
4: what about you, man? Uh, were, were you a season ticket holder? Did you make I was it? not a season ticket. I was in a lot of games. I wasn't a, a season ticket holder. Um, same same thing. Obviously, we've waited a long time. Um, would have loved to have had the opportunity, you know, a few decades ago um, to have that to have <laughs> yeah, something to look forward to. Like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, and and just the way they the way the season unfolded, the way they continued to to work and compete, I thought they were a good representation of what. Uh, St. Louis soccer is kind of known for, um, even though obviously most of them weren't from here. So it, it, I, I, th- I think the ownership group did a great job of, and the coaches obviously of building that team the way they did. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, again, the, the the park is beautiful. That you know the atmosphere is great. All, all those things, very positive all the way around. Obviously didn't end you know the, the way anybody would have liked, but it, it also didn't go the way it was supposed to the whole season. So I, I right. think yeah. if you look back on the whole picture. Um, which I've learned to do through the years as I've coached. Um didn't always understand that until you have to, but if you look back at the whole journey, um, couldn't, I don't think you could ask for a better first year. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm going to wrap this up with a really easy question for both of you. Uh, you got to give me two games. It can either be as a player or a coach. Uh, worst loss, best win. We'll let the puppy go first.
3: Worst loss, best win. I mean, I'm gonna say worst loss, Collinsville, my senior year, 1993. You're gonna let Darnell hear that? Yeah, I'll let him hear it. Penalty kicks, penalty kicks, Uh, fight in the middle of it. Uh, Oh yeah, you know who got arrested? I do.
2: Yes, I do. (laughs) Who's a cop now? yeah <laughs> little does he know i yeah. have that mugshot. yeah i'm waiting yeah I, I was
3: the one that got kicked <laughs> i mean so i do know <laughs> I, I was there yeah <laughs> yeah i mean
2: so that was definitely a
3: worse loss and uh i mean best win it sounds weird but we won in pk's this year against father mcgivney and just the reason it's fresh on my mind there's other other quality wins but there's a lot of circumstances around that game Uh, to pull that one out in a regional and to continue to move on i hate winning in pk's i hate losing in pk's it's awful way i hate it just i'm not i'm not a fan at all play to the death oh i mean Take or do a TST take, style take players yeah, off take field. players yeah. off man
2: seriously <laughs> i would be an advocate yeah. for sure skip what you got um and why is your loss the Civic Memorial loss? Senior year, first game of the season.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that you is a terrible it. loss, and but all you, you guys it. out there from uh, from
2: CM, <laughs> you, wow. Um, so, so talk about not knowing where Jabot was. Yeah. When we played them that day, I had no idea where but Civic Memorial was. But didn't you lose to them
4: in the club? We, we lost them in club the, yeah. like the week before our season started. in The finals <laughs> up in Springfield. So we they were yeah. You know, after that loss, it was like wow, we're we're trouble here. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a bad one, but not my not the worst one because we did avenge it later. And, and uh, one state ended their season. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> What's it say for the fourth year in a row? Yeah. Uh, worst loss was probably two years ago in the in the final. Um, you really wanted that one, didn't we you? We had a, the second one, first one, yes, obviously. The second one, those kids had put it, those seniors in particular, but obviously the whole group, but the seniors in particular had put in so much. They'd gone through the COVID year as sophomores, which, we didn't we didn't lose a game in that shortened season that year it may have been our may have been our best team potentially that year you know who knows but um but but also that year one of our one of our seniors' sister um, was diagnosed with cancer early in the year Damn. Um, and so we had done a lot of stuff with her um throughout the year and and she was on the bench at the state tournament after uh finally getting cleared from chemo and some other things and so we we I, we I wanted that one um and we, i wanted her on the platform getting her medal and, and that sort of thing and she did wasn't the same color as the one i wanted to give her but yeah um but she did so that one that one was tough um my son was actually a freshman on that team um so that was a we've talked about that game a lot uh, as motivation moving forward um and then best win. I mean there's there's a ton of them obviously. The, the three of us were part of one that was pretty cool uh together. Um and it always mean the, the senior year one always means a little more than the others I think. But um for me the 2011 girls state championship in Granite at uh, your alma mater. That, bringing it back first time the girls had ever won. Um pretty cool. bake, you know, I it was one of those where I felt like I I got to and it wasn't just me obviously there were again great assistants that i had and the girls deserve all the credit but um it was something i felt like we com- we completed for him as a as a group um you know when he started but way back when and so that one was and, and nobody really expected it so it was you know it was it was one of those things so that was that's probably the best the best win well
0: bake oh. bake actually told jb that in that win you were finally validated in his eyes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> he probably did that exactly. Just
0: <laughs>
2: oh, see, I mean, he fits right in, right? That's funny, gentlemen. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming, yeah. uh, spending the time, Absolutely. spending the extra time uh, with a little bit of our redo here in the middle. Um, you know, best best of luck with the programs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna follow closer because actually, Ehrenberg yeah, over at Ledoux. Uh, he's my uh, online nemesis. Okay. New Twitter buddy. Gotcha. Uh, every week we're talking shit about high school soccer. Perfect. Um, and so the fact that you are nominating players yeah. for the Player of the Week and they, you know, great. So I, I love to follow. And then we need we do need to come and do a show at game whatever. Come check it out. Let's Very get good.
0: Triad involved there too. Let's do like
2: <laughs> you want to get yeah. Mad involved. Yeah. Hey, man, it's all good.
0: <laughs> I, well,
2: it, how how many Granite City guys? Are so currently many. coaching oh, East Side
4: here.
3: I mean, there was an article years ago. Yeah, in
2: fifty.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you look at yeah, like totally, if you look at guys on the sidelines. Well, just currently, there's yeah, there's you three, Brian three Reeves, Brian Reeves is at Granite, Kurt's up at, at Alton again, isn't he? Uh, Kurt's helping up there. Matheny's uh, at West. Matheny's at West. Um, Henson's helping in yeah, Granite. I mean, well, It'd be easy. Is he, who's it? Collinsville? Uh, Jeff Hayes. Jeff Hayes. Yeah, so
0: he's dead to me. <laughs> <Well, laughs> <if> Bake, <Bae laughs> in your episode, talked about how much that meant to him that he had so many people that he coached that are now coaching him. Yeah, game. He, did,
2: he did actually. He, refer, he, he had, again, I can't remember exactly paraphrasing, but he had an elevated level of pride. Beyond the players that performed, right. for the players that gave back and coached. Right. Yeah. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, I'm actually back going back to Louisville. Are this you? year here for boys to play
3: against uh, Chad Wozniak's team. Yeah. Another we're doing a little GC boy. Yeah,
2: that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be fun. Well, boys, we're gonna we're gonna roll this, wrap this one up. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining. Yeah, you go do your thing. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely. For uh, you guys are welcome back up. anytime. We'll, we'll do this again in another format. And uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, Like, follow, share all those little fancy buttons. We'd appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time.